The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And now, here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Rachel. What's up, cat and kittens of Tranquil Repose? Wider shade of pale. <laughs> this series of Old Space Show follows the story-by-story time-traveling adventures of the Sixth Doctor and Perry Brown during Season 22 of Doctor Who, Colin Baker's first year in the role. Today, we'll be discussing the final story of Season 22, comprised of Episodes 12 and 13, Res- well, I- Revelation of the Daleks. I wrote Revela- Resurrection there. Nope, that's brain. a different one. That is a different one. It is a word that starts with R and of the Daleks. Yep, that's, that's <laughs> the uh, 80s doctor's motif there. <laughs> After Destiny, it's just R. Yeah. And then what do we get? Then what do we get? What do we get in New Who? Dalek. Resolution. Oh, we got Resolution, which when trying to get promo (laughs) photos for Revelation of the Daleks, and I I put Revelation of the Daleks promotional photos, all I got was Revolution. Revolution, You misspelled it, didn't you? I'm like, no, I didn't. No. Uh, You got to be more specific. Six Doctor. And they could have just called it Resolution of the Daleks. Come on. But we'd already had resolution the year before. That was just... Ch- well, I meant, no, they could have called that one resolution of the Daleks, well, yeah. but Chibnall wanted to be secretive. Yeah. There's no Dalek in here, but there is a Dalek in here. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, it ends up being the exact same Dalek the year after. <laughs> I didn't expect, but hey. Which, actually, there's some ties into that in this. So right. There you go. It's, it, yeah, so we'll get to that. The Doctor and Perry arrive on the planet Necros to visit a facility called Tranquil Repose, where the wealthy can have their bodies cryogenically frozen until medical science can cure them of their ailment. The Doctor wishes to pay his last respects to his friend, Professor Arthur Stangos, but it turns out this is just a ruse to lure him into a trap. The great healer masterminding the ruse is in fact Davros who has been using the organic material in cryogenic storage to create a whole new army of Daleks to conquer the universe. On Necros, an executive named Kara isn't too trustworthy of Davros and hires a mercenary Orsini to assassinate him. She is killed by Davros and Orsini captured by Davros as well as the Doctor and Perry. Renegade Daleks from Skaro are called in by the people of Necros to report Davros and arrive for confrontation. In the middle of all this, the Doctor and Perry manage to make an escape as Orsini has a bomb set to blow up the facility. The Doctor informs the people of the the weed plant native to their planet that they can cultivate it for survival. Perry tells the Doctor she needs a vacation, and he says, All right, I'll take you to... This episode is directed by Graham Harper. He is a Doctor Who legend on directing. He has directed before this... 
uh, The Caves of Androzani, which you've heard us already singing praises of it, and Warrior's Gate, one I like, but I guess that's a flip in the air. Some people are, eh, and some people are, eh, but of that one. But he goes on, and he is the guy to direct 14 episodes of New Who through the Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant tenure, and six episodes of The Sarah Jane Adventures. So he is like the crossover multi-generational Doctor Who director, Graham Harper. Uh, it's written by Eric Sayward, who we've called the Pissy Pants many times here. So here is his He hasn't quit fun. quite yet. Yes. <coughs> Sayward, well, we'll give him credit. He is the writer of his, The Visitation, Earthshock, Resurrection of the Daleks, and Planet of Fire, all pretty well-liked stories, and has been the script supervisor for this season and it is starring Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant. The guest stars Eleanor Braun, who had briefly appeared in the City of Death years ago, Clive Swift, Al- Alexi Sale, Terry Malloy, and William Gaunt. This marks the last of the 45-minute two-part serials and the last two-part serial of the classic era. And is also the last shot on location with film and the last to feature Peter Howell's Doctor Who theme. A lot of laughs here. This is a this is a really good one, Rachel. Uh-huh. It's very dark. I mean, it, it's like wanting to be like two doctors level darkness, violence, stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of people die in this. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Daleks, it's par right. for the course. Par for the course, but some <laughs> for the most part, gruesome deaths and stuff. Yeah. This is the this is the you know overarching how it's been with this season. But it's Eric Sayward who notably doesn't like Colin Baker, didn't want him as Doctor Who, so what's he do? The Doctor does not really enter this story till part two. He's here in part one, but he is kept away from all the other characters mm-hmm. until they part two. They don't really two. do anything. Yeah. He leaves him outside. The Doctor is pretty harsh to Perry, pretty much calling her fat in the opening because she's saying her clothes are a little too tight. He's like, you eat too much. Yeah, well, the, the costume... Because this is one of the few times that we see the the sixth doctor in something different. He's wearing Even if his it cape. is temporary. Yeah, that cape. I love that cape. That's I love it too. High on my to make list. I want to figure like an eagle moss one with that. But Sayward put that cape on him because he hated the coat. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to cover as much of that costume as possible. Yeah. Well, and in the stage show that they did yeah he did a kind of different there's a yeah there's a there's a an alternate version of the costume right that's more blue and then i think it's rendered and i think on a few big finish cover big finish they went straight blue with it yeah where it's all blue yeah because on this planet blue is supposed to be the color you wear in mourning you know as opposed to black i guess you know which is what we traditionally do here at least in america so it is nice to to, to see that and it, you know that cape it covers the outfit, but it's still not subtle, <laughs> you know, with right. this you know this gold trim on it, and it's just very regal looking. I, oh, oh, I look, love, it's Prince, I love it's Prince Colin. Yeah, I just I love that cape, and I really really want to make a version of it. Yeah, that's so. a great. No, it's a cool cape, and I will say while Sayward kept him away. I love the exteriors of this episode. Like it's snowing, it's cold. It's yeah, yeah, very and th- creepy. And yeah, and that's partially why until they get inside and can lose some of the layers. Yeah, Perry does look a bit 
fluffy. Yeah, uh, the pants are baggy. Like, yeah, the outfit she's wearing is one is very eighties because that's just the way right. they dressed Perry. But she had on like long johns and stuff underneath, mm-hmm. so that added some bulk. I like her little outfit. So she's like, this she is has. the one. Yeah, she's like, this is the one time I was genuinely warm right. <laughs> while filming the show. It was cold outside, cover me. and I was. I was bundled up, but it was cold. It wasn't flattering, but I was warm. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it's all yeah. shot on film. They got that zombie. And one thing I love in uh, vintage sci-fi, mainly happens in the 70s, but where they go to that, like, office building park thing, mm-hmm. where it's outside, and it's, like, just empty and kind of void. Like, it's creepy as hell. Like, I, I love when science fiction, like, goes to those areas, and it's just, like, this, like, empty office structure but mainly yeah, they go there had, because of the architecture go to, go to any major you know decent sized city mm-hmm. and you can usually find what we would consider you know like an office park yeah where there tend to be generic looking buildings where people can just move in and set up their business you know a yeah. lot of doctor's offices and real estate agents yeah. and stuff like that but if you go to one where either it's newly built and therefore no businesses have moved in. Right. Or it's a side of town where the economy has not done so well and therefore all the businesses have moved out and yeah. it's simply just left sitting. That's what it feels like. Right, right. <laughs> Going to an office complex where for whatever reason the economy, everybody's like, bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Hang on here. All the businesses closed and they just left and you know, right. one random business moved in. <laughs> Yeah, it works for me. I they really love that part. Like, so he's trying to keep him out of the story because he want to write him in. But I, I like what's going on here. So backfired, Eric. Backfired. There's one thing we want to, of course, we're going to touch on, and you already did a parody up the top. But so in this world, so these people go to this planet. They go to this facility so they can be cryogenically frozen for the hope that. They could be brought back to life when a cure is found for something, or they can be de-aged or transport something, you know. Mm-hmm. But for these people, they have a DJ that plays yes. the music in their cryo sleep, and it makes is, announcements. And and he's quite weird. He's it's one of the guys from like the young ones, but it is it's funny. It's it is so off tone from what the rest of this episode is. And he dresses in different costumes to fit the mood of the music. He's like a hippie. He's a he's like a greaser. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you get pop music in Doctor Who, which isn't new, but it's always interesting when it happens. You have um, a whiter shade of pale by Proko Horam in there, blue suede shoes, and Moonlight Serenade. Which mm-hmm. the way they play whiter shade of pale, it's kind of distorted and wishy dreamy washy. I'm like, it adds another layer of haunting to that already haunting song. Like it's. <laughs> Pretty interesting what was there, but it's like he, these people are dead, not high. Yeah, <laughs> he talks like this guy, no matter what he does, and he's talking to the camera, and it's you are never gonna forget him. He will be one of yeah, the most well, memorable I mean, characters he, in Doctor Who history. He just, you know, he pops up on the screen and he's like Robin Williams of Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. He's like, hello. Oh, yeah. Hello, <laughs> Necros. Yep. Good morning. But yeah, he's there. There's a whole, there's a lot of characters in this. So there's there's these doctors that, you know, do the cryo sleep. They set up the areas, the little funeral areas. It looks interesting. And there's dissension amongst them. There's like this Laurel and Hardy two type. Um, and 
one woman that's in with like Davros. Davros has set up here that he's this like head in this machine and he's yes. a great healer, but he really, he's hanging out behind the door. Aha, it's really me, Davros. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what he's doing. He, he escaped in a pod after a resurrection of the Daleks because his ship was blown up. And this kind of kicks off stuff to lead into Dalek dissension or whatever, because he starts making these Daleks, and there's like a renegade sect of Daleks. So you're starting to have Dalek on Dalek amongst trying to kill the Doctor. Yeah. Which is interesting. And I love that the Daleks are from different points where Davros knows what this current Doctor looks like, and the other ones, probably the last one they saw was Davison, maybe. I don't know, but they don't recognize Colin Baker yet. It hasn't registered in their systems. So they're not sure to believe Davros, which I think is a pretty interesting thing. Uh, there's a there's a tombstone monument that falls on the doctors. A, that was Colin it? Baker's other significant injury. Oh, re- the, I mean, the, it was the styrofoam, made out of styrofoam cut him. Made, Did he get yeah, cut it was on? made out of styrofoam, but it it's still the size of it. I mm-hmm. mean, it looks big and imposing, and I mean, it was huge. I mean, if this thing was like. 10, 12 feet tall or something and like yeah. really thick foam. So, I mean, it had some some weight to it. So, right. yeah, when it landed on him and he had to lay there underneath it for them to, you know, to be able to get the shot of the doctor being like, I'm not dead. The, like, it could yeah, get he, like a good shot of it because yeah, you got, can see the crack come open. That's not supposed to look like two pieces, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it knocked the wind out of him yeah. <laughs> a little bit. So, I mean, I do like that moment where he realizes, wait, Oh crap! This is the last me. Do I die here? Do I like where he shows up at a weird point in time where he might have shown up in his future or something like that? And that's a really, really good mind game there, Davros. Really uh-huh. good mind game. It got him. But yeah, and then Perry befriends the DJ. So there's like a and he gets a you know killed by the Daleks, uh, valiantly fighting them off. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like oh, the darkness of Sayward. He wants everybody dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which he says this is his finest hour of Doctor Who. Not Resurrection of the Daleks, not the this is his his one. So while he's bitching and bitching, at least he got his in here. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean I mean Davros, I mean the Daleks are yeah, you know, they're very they're a classic Doctor Who nemesis mm-hmm. which is a good go to. Uh, you know, the do- every incarnation of the Doctor needs to encounter the Daleks at, at least once. And the Eighth um, does it in his prologue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but Davros is a whole other ball of wax, right? And he's just your megalomaniac, crazy, you know, <laughs> type Doctor. You know, Terry Malloy. Whenever he's on screen as Davros, he just chews up the scenery. Oh yeah, he's just you know. Bond villain <laughs> level <Yeah>. camp <laughs> yes. when he's on screen, and I wish I could find it, but unfortunately the tweet is like really, really, really old. But I had tweeted Terry Malloy at one point and asked him about this specific story, right? Being the head in the jar essentially for a good, ch- you know, <laughs> part of it and what it was like, and he's like, "Oh, it wasn't bad, you know. I just got, I was able to spin around." <laughs> so. <laughs> And when, you know, when we see Davros hole in his little, you know, chair mm-hmm. thing that we've seen him puttering around in, and he's, you know, he said that wasn't, it wasn't uh, terribly uncomfortable either. He, mm-hmm. he enjoyed, he enjoyed playing Davros. And we forgot to point out, I think he was, 
as a human in I think Attack of the Cybermen, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we forgot to yeah. point that. But one out. But you wouldn't too. know him unless right, yeah. unless you pointed him out. I so. think that, I I know this of him. I know that. Yeah. Mouse, well, he but, doesn't yeah. necessarily sound the same either. The right. Davros, the voice he uses for Davros, yeah, is slightly different than his actual speaking voice. The score on this one is super rad. I love the score to this. It's really haunting electronic music. It sounds mm-hmm. like sounds like Blade Runner a bit. Yeah. Which in this one it fits. I mean if you're gonna steal from Yeah. There's Vangelis, several times during yeah, there's several times during the, the Six Doctors run where the overly eighties electronic music just it stands out and not in a good way. <laughs> right, right, right. So. But this this one kills. This one's good. And yeah. like we had Graham Harper but and we know he did great serials before, but like the direction and the lighting on this Oh, why can't they all get it down like 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 Revelation of the Daleks? Like this is perfectly lit sets. Yeah. Um, which well it's, done it's, outside. It's, it's just hit and miss. Yeah. With and, with all of this. And I don't know like as the far sets, as the sets as, are fun, they're diverse, they're the costuming looks good. Like okay, everything okay. say so production order, this was in order. So yeah, yeah. Time Lash was the previous story, but it was also the previous story in production yeah. order too. The only switcheroo I think was two doctors and Ronnie. So, right. Yeah. So it's like it's like so at some point after doing Mark of the Ronnie, where they you know they spent a couple extra bucks to have both you know Kate O'Mara and Ainley in one in and one shoot story. most of it on film. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then you know all the money they spent going to to Spain for the two doctors. Yeah, to see you know as we discussed in our Time Lash episode, just the, the crappy production value of it, and then you get this one. And it's like, what did they? Did somebody go diving between the couch cushions or something? No, they do like we're out of money. What can we do for? We don't have like Jonathan Turner's like. Hold on, he goes to the production office. He's like, uh, so we're gonna do the Daleks in the finale. Oh, here's money. Yeah, here you go. Here you go. We'll we'll, we'll bump like up that's that the budget. magic word or something. It's yeah. like if, you know, if it's some unknown creature or villain or something, it's like we're doing yeah, the we're, we gotta play it. What's that, Daleks? Yeah. Oh yeah, money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want yeah. Dalek money? Here you go. Oh yeah, we're gonna have Davros too. Well, here's even some more. It's like here's tell uh, Terry we said hi. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if you want to be creative, like it's like Daleks, Davros, or if you're getting experimental, these could be the next Daleks. Oh, yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. It, it, it just... Daleks and experimentation. No, we've never seen mm-hmm. that before or since. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it all just like culminate. This is like the perfect storm of getting everything down. I think the only thing I would improve is the Doctor Perry relationship a little bit, uh, more be a little bit more playful. But I mean, because we're towards the end of the season, had this tension kind of been a little bit more towards the beginning, I don't know. But yeah. um, that'd be my only gripe about that. But I don't care because the rest of it's so good, and yeah. they end up going adventurous. And then he does apologize saying like he felt bad about the DJ and that she had to see that. So that was, uh-huh. that was good. I like that. So th- the end of this one, you know, they go on vacation and it stopped short of the doctor saying something. You freeze frame <laughs> on him, but he was going to say Blackpool. And the next adventure was the nightmare fair, which was the return of the celestial toy maker. But doctor who would end up going on an 18 month hiatus, uh-huh. which originally was canceled and then people got mad. And they're like, no, 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 it's a hiatus. Hiatus. Like, that was the word, like, that it had been canceled. 
people got crazy. And we'll cover a lot of that when we go to the, the Trial of the Time Lord. The original 23rd season ended up being scrapped in full. They had scripts, like everything. It was ready to go. Like they uh-huh. were working on behind the scenes. Directors were hired, all this stuff. And then they got a halt. The money for Doctor Who, the next season got put on like a next year's budget or something. So it looked like it actually got canned. But it was something weird like that. And the 18-month hiatus is actually nine months in reality. Because if you take the end of Revelation of the Daleks to the beginning of where the next season would have started. So it didn't start on time. It went nine months from that, which is the exact same distance between Logopolis and Castrovalva. So there's no... It wasn't like... Just because of the, I think more of the mystery in the air of Doctor Who at the time worried uh-huh. people and they make a big deal of the 18-month hiatus, but it's really nine. It just started nine months later than it would have. That's the only difference. And that the nine months uh, would become a, big, a bigger thing. So but That worked out well because Colin and his wife had a baby during, that, during the hiatus. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got um, built-in paternity leave. Yeah, he got to and, be home essentially for the first year of his daughter's life. <laughs> right. And I definitely look forward to when we get into that season 23 and Trial of the Time Lord and mm-hmm. a doctor in distress. <laughs> uh, but let's take a minute. Let's reflect on the season we just completed. The year, we'll throw the twin dilemma in with this just because that's where we started. There is I, a lot of people like to say this was the beginning of the end or all this stuff with classic Doctor Who. It's like, oh, people are bit bad. I go back through and I get curious. I love looking at these Doctor Who ratings. And that's to say this season was that false. The ratings were down a tick Mm -hmm. from Peter Davison. Just a tick. They were rather, you could argue they were consistent. They were consistent over the whole season. You could argue they were consistent with Peter Davison's run. Like they were just like right there on the cusp. These ratings aren't a failure at all. Like it, it was being watched. People were coming back. The opening, the, f- the first story was very highly rated. It was like over an eight, which was right, right up there with Davison's. And the rest of it was probably seven and a half to high, se- like around the se- seven and a half, seven point seven. Like mm-hmm. a couple dipped to six, but who knows what else was on TV that night? There's You never know. Like there's an episode of The War Games, which is one of the lowest rated episodes of all time in Doctor Who. There was some something else big on TV that night. Yeah. So, because all the rest of them are like really high rated. So, that's false. What happens now when they come back to try the Time Lord? Yes, the ratings drop huge, but the BBC also kind of hinted they didn't have the confidence in Doctor Who anymore, and it was gone for a long time and maybe didn't come back in the right way, but it was the the rating the low ratings don't start until Trial of the Time Lord. Had they just normally gone through, renewed it, gone back with the season 23, I don't know. But this season can't be blamed. The ratings were there. Like, yeah. At any time, people could have jumped ship from the season. So, yeah. They didn't after Time Lash. So, I don't know what to say with the, the all this ruined it all. It didn't. It was consistent. They tried something else, and that's where it was. Rachel, your thoughts on season 22 overall in Colin's first year? Like, is this your favorite year of him, or is the trial more your favorite year? <sighs> It's re see that's really hard to. What do you like about the twenty second season? Then I won't make you choose. That's not. Yeah, because because yeah, it's kind of different in like their yeah stuff. Yeah. yeah, it it is different, and that's that's partially why I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we get a, a different doctor 
that we haven't had before as far as personality is is concerned. You know, I, I just I love Colin's doctor partially because of the personality. I'm mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I'm just very drawn to the I like to call them broken characters. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But not necessarily broken because that kind of has a negative connotation to it, but not like your all-American apple pie, Captain right. America, Superman type characters, which, you know, if that, you know, if those are your favorites, then great. You know, every, everyone's entitled to their you own You like the disgruntled favorites. hero. I like the disgruntled hero. You know, this doctor, the 12th doctor, you know, your Tony Starks, your Jessica Joneses, those type of characters are the ones that I gravitate towards. Gotcha. The ones that have been through some things, seen some shit, experienced some shit, mm-hmm. and they don't just, it's not just rolling off their back like a duck with water, <laughs> like some characters are. So, you know, I loved even when we started this, you know, and you asked me, he's like, what is it about this doctor? I'm like, I don't know. It's like I, I was watching all of Classic Who and I like what I like. Yeah, I was like, you know, I needed I needed at least to to dip my toe in the water and experience each doctor at least once. And there's just something that, you know, I saw this doctor and I'm like, I love you. Please don't ever go away. <laughs> and you know, it's been that way ever since. So if I had uh, if I had been smart and taken uh, Colin's DNA when he'd offered it, uh, you know, when the it, you know, whenever the time comes that he's no longer with us, I could have cloned him and. Yeah, when I had to worry about it. But. Right. Are you referring to his toenail clippings? Which you well, it's fing- not toenail. Fingernails. Fingernail clippings. Fing- oh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, not as gross, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. We were at a, uh, a convention in uh, in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, mm-hmm. five years ago. Actually, five years ago this this week. And the, the first day that we went, Chauncey and I went, and that was the day I, I – that was my debut of my Six Doctor cosplay that I have. So that was the day that I went and got the autographs and, you know, the professional photos. And, you know, so I got to see Colin again and mm-hmm. got to meet Karen Gillen, <laughs> which was which was nice. It was one one convention she did not cancel last minute. Yeah. Boom hiss. So, you know, I had a, I had a good time the, the that first day. And then the next day I went by myself. Chauncey went and played tourist. I think he went and t- taste tested some bourbon somewhere. So it was just me, <laughs> and yeah, he up in the background. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Yes, bourbon. Christian, have some bourbon. Maybe it'll help with those hiccups." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's back there hiccuping. So the second day, I, you know, I went back and was just kind of wandering around because I'd spent all my money that I intended to spend the day before. My money. Um, yeah, and was walking around going up to some of the celebrities that I had not got to see yet. And it was kind of going up saying, hi, you know, big fan. I like you. It was, there was a lot of power Rangers there, which was fun for me. So I got to relive my childhood. Um, so <laughs> got to walk up to several power, you know, you know, uh, classic era <laughs> power Rangers and just Any of them shake beast their hands worst say, ones there. Oh no. Say hi. But uh, I walked by Colin's table and there was nobody. Oh. There's just him and his handler sitting there, and I'm like, <laughs> Colin doesn't have anybody waiting for him. He's all, he's like, he's all free. Hey, Colin. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's sitting there talking to his uh, the the you know, the person hand you know his handler or whatever, and you know I walk up and I'm like, yeah, you know I had fun yesterday getting a photo and 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 all that, 
and he looks at the handler. He was like looking at his hands. He was messing with his his fingers or his fingernails, and he and he looked at his handler. He's like, "You got any fingernail clippers?" And they were like, "No, sorry." And I'm like, "I do." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he lit up. He's like, "Great!" So uh-huh. I fished him out and handed him to the. He had like a you know cracked nail or something, right. you know, hang nail. Always annoying. So you know he fixes that one, fixes another one that's you know gotten a little broken or whatever hands me back my fingernail clippings and we're just you know chatting about really nothing important and i don't know i don't know exactly how the conversation went this way but at some point he offered me his fingernail clippings as a fan <laughs> you know he's like would you like some these? people might want these yeah <laughs> and i was like yeah, there's that tiny, tiny part of me that was like, oh, my God, uh, you know. <laughs> but, Six Doctor yeah. Clips. Oh, yes. Where do I watch those? No, they're these. Yeah. These. Yeah, but then the more sanitary, sane part of me politely declined. But, uh, yeah, I was like, you know, as big as a fan as I am and as much as I love you, that's a bit too far even for me. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, I thought I'd offer it. I'm like... No, but you use these fingernail, you know, clippers that I still own and use to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have the clippings, but I still have the clippers that he used. Okay. But yeah, oh. I told that story on another show and they're like, you know, you could have kept those. And then when Colin's no longer with us, you could have cloned him. Like, were you not thinking of the future of the fandom? And I was like, apparently not. <laughs> I get odd looks as it is when people are like, the six doctors, your favorite. And then on top of that, I'm like, yes, and he offered me his fingernail clippings, so I win. So we are forever. Punch that on my fangirl card that nobody else will be able to. That's a bingo spot nobody else is going to be able to dab. Fingernail clippings (laughs) offered from favorite doctor. Yep. (laughs) There may be some crazy people out there that would probably rummage through some certain doctors like (laughs) trash cans for clippings, but uh, no, mine were... Offered freely. I just chose not to accept them. Chameleon fans aren't getting his clippings anytime soon. <laughs> what are your favorite three stories from this particular run we did? Oh, well, two right off the bat. Mark of the Ronnie, two doctors mm-hmm. right there. And uh, as far as number three, we talk of Cybermen's pretty good. There are bits of Vengeance and Varus that I like. Gotcha. <laughs> I just, I, there's just something, I have a love-hate relationship with that story. Okay. But, yeah, it, it'd probably either be the Cybermen or Revelation of the Daleks. Probably aiming more towards Revelation of the Daleks because I uh, I do like seeing Davros. And gotcha. seeing Terry Malloy do his thing. I enjoy, like, uh, this is like, the, I think it's me third time i've gone through this season i enjoy i I really do think this is a a underappreciated gem of a season overall and for me i i like the vengeance of varos i have attack of the cybermen and revelation of the daleks but mark of the ronnie from this time around is knocking on the door so (laughs) that one that one so next time i go through that one might bump up a step so that one was definitely nice there and and i it's not a decision that needs to be made but like Thing about time lash and, and twin dilemma, like they're they uh, like I, not I, every story is going to be a winner. I might have been maybe it's because we were launching this series that I might have been more into twin dilemma this time because I was doing a show about it. But time lash did not bring that 
at all. I was like, man, we got to do this. So I don't know. Maybe Twin Dilemma's edging up on Time Lash. Don't know. But yeah, I mean, if you if you like, you know, when you're arguing about the bottom, you're arguing about the bottom, and you're like, why am I even <laughs> arguing? Like, yeah, unless it's like a favorite and someone like if I was like an actual fan of Twin Dilemma, then I'd make the argument against. But when it's like, yeah, those are just sort of festering around with uh, time and the Ronnie, so just yeah. not. They're they're filler yeah. well i guess i can't say tw- really twin dilemmas filler because it's the season opener right. it was the closer of a season well yeah i mean it's the, the, it's the start colin, it's, yeah yeah it's the start of of colin's run so it's not a season but run i guess right yeah so it's a run opener and you know not not i mean if you really wanted to look at it look at every doctor's first story mm-hmm. and compare it to something later in their run obviously mcgann's doctor was standing and not every one is necessarily the strongest story i mean there are some really good run openers you know obviously power of the daleks really good yeah with rose you know run it's like haha goosebumps like oh doctor is back run for your life yeah, you know, Jody's first story, the one yep. with all the earth, is a really good Tenant isn't that start. Great. Yeah. And Tenants is 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 okay. Well he didn't show um, up to like the end and Yeah, uh, Capaldi's is is Yeah. Matt Smith's got a great good, one. Uh eleventh yeah. hours. Yeah. Terrific. Like, yeah. Anytime you have a significant change like that, especially the change with the doctor. I mean, they, like even even Tom they Baker. They gotta find their footing. Tom Baker, robot is like I guess it's a good you know third Doctor unit story, but like he really cooks. Ark in Space is where things really like this mm-hmm. is the Tom Baker era of Doctor Who. <laughs> Spearhead from Space is really good. Uh, Pertwee's start, Hartnell, Unearthly Child, and I'm gonna sound like a, probably a broken record, but that first episode's great. But the caveman stuff, yeah, <laughs> it's just not. Not the not didn't hook. It's there's you know reason the Daleks really took off and yeah kind of saved the show in its early run. But yeah, thank goodness that mm-hmm. and McCoy doesn't get off to a good start. Yeah, Davison's a pretty solid start. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think we just went through all. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so awesome. Uh, well. Rachel, thank you. This has been this went by way. I feel like we just started, which we kind of did just start, but we it went by fast. So mm. I enjoyed our time. Yeah. Um, we'll go to trial. Thankfully, next thank time. yeah. So thankfully, the Six Doctors run is not over. Not over yet. Yes, not quite over. yet. So, but, but it, that unfortunately, you know, it even breaking that up into the you know four chunks that it is, it'll. It'll go by. It'll go real fast. So pretty quickly. So gotcha. All right. Well, it is time for us to return to the TARDIS and set our coordinates for our next adventure. Rachel, whereabouts in time and space can people find you? You can find me with the Five Ish Fangirls podcast. We are a 
weekly pop culture entertainment podcast where we talk about books movies video games all things geeky and nerdy from the female perspective we can be found pretty much wherever you can find podcasts and at the fiveishfangirls.com where you can connect with us on all the other social media platforms and then every other week you can find me with gold standard the oscars podcast where we are watching and reviewing every academy award winner for best picture in chronological order starting in 1927 and working our way into the present and again we can be found pretty much wherever you can find podcasts and on facebook just look for gold standard the oscars podcast hashtag dalek dj <laughs> and i'm on twitter and instagram at brand 4 khd writ work at why so blue.com there's more from the brandon peters show this week but from old space Uh, head headphones headphones uh am i a recording artist rachel uh your your line my line um uh uh oh i uh, ah, i'm a i'm an old-time radio performer yeah okay uh line line please rachel what are you doing we do this podcast all the time ah podcast did did you say podcast that yes Oh, boy. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.